You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. So I think we can all agree that being a mom has been quite difficult this year, right? We've been had some challenging situations and seasons in this past year, um, especially you've been navigating through homeschooling and quarantine life. Yes. So we thought some of you moms might appreciate some of these memes that we have. So go ahead and have attention to the screen and let's read the first one together. If you see my kids locked outside today, mind your business, we are having a fire drill. Now, this was genius. I wish I would have thought about this. I should have been doing fire drills, so hopefully it doesn't happen again, but knock on wood, I'll make a mental note for next time. With our house with three boys, it could be an actual fire, I'm just saying. True. (laughs) Okay, let's put the next one up there. Here's what it says. Homeschooling question, if you have your children make you mixed cocktails, does that count as chemistry? Asking for a friend, for a friend. (laughs) Come on, chemistry, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, next one. It says, if you walk by my house and you hear me yelling, it's not yelling. I call it motivational speaking for people who don't want to listen. Okay, so true confession, I did a lot of motivational speaking this past year. I don't know if it worked, but I'm definitely guilty of that one. Yes, motivational speaking, that's right. All right, and the last one, see if you can identify with this. Homeschooling update, my child just said, I hope I don't have the same teacher next year. How many of you got that one from your kids? I think you said that about you, though, yeah. not me. I think, how many of you responded to your kids, I hope you don't have the same teacher next year? <laughs> yeah, right, I'm with you <laughs> as well. All right, well, we have to have a little fun this morning. But seriously, it's been a difficult season for all of us, um, especially for our women. We know that many of you have carried an extra heavy burden. But it's been a hard year on, on marriages. It's been a hard year on parenting. And so today, we want to talk to you about how to stay strong when God calls you to lead through a difficult season. And I know some of you may say, well, I don't really feel like a leader, but let me just remind you that a simple definition for leadership is is influence. And so it may be leading your family. It might be leading in the workplace. Maybe it's leading as a godly influencer in the lives of the people around you, your friends and your family. And so in honor of Mother's Day today, we're going to look at the story of one of the greatest uh, female leaders in the Bible. We're going to look at Queen Esther. Now, the book, the Old Testament book of Esther, tells the story of a Jewish girl who became queen, but her life was anything but a fairy tale. In fact, God uh, actually raised Esther up from obscurity and used her to rescue the Jewish people from annihilation. I mean, talk about leading through a difficult season. Some of you just have to help your kid get through third grade math, okay? This was a really big, big job, big calling that Esther had on her life. So for the sake of time, let me just set this up for you, kind of summarize the background a little bit. The story is set uh, in the Persian Empire during the reign of a king named King Xerxes, centuries before the birth of Christ. Now, King Xerxes throws this lavish celebration, and he invites his queen, Queen Vashti, but she refuses to come at the king's request, and he basically exiles her. He literally passes a law that she can never come into his presence ever again. Then he launches an empire-wide beauty contest to select a new queen. Now, Esther is a a beautiful, young Jewish girl who was raised by her her cousin Mordecai because her parents are dead. Now, the scripture tells us that Mordecai had been carried away from Jerusalem uh, by the Babylonians. So here is Mordecai, and he's raising Esther like his own daughter, and they're living as exiles in this foreign land, in this pagan kingdom of Persia. 
And Esther, because she's pretty good looking, she's pretty easy on the eyes, she catches the king's official's attention, and she gets selected to be one of the candidates for to be the new queen, and she is invited to live in the palace. Y'all, this is like the Old Testament version of the bachelorette. Like, the king has all these women to come live in the, in the palace, and like, he's going to choose one. Like, will you accept this rose, the whole deal? Now, it's really important to, to note here that Esther keeps her Jewish identity a secret. Remember that, because that's going to come back into play later on in the story. Okay, so Esther begins this elaborate process of preparation to meet the king. So let's read Esther 2, verse 12. You can follow along on the screen. It says, before a young woman's turn came to go into King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six months with oil of myrrh, and six with perfumes and cosmetics. Okay, ladies, did you catch that? Esther received 12 months of beauty treatments before she could even meet the king. 12 months. That would be amazing. I think I'd be in heaven if that was me, right? (laughs) Okay, so what can we learn from this scripture? Okay, men, I hope you're taking notes. Jeremy, pay attention. I'm taking notes. We can learn that if you want the special lady in your life to feel like a queen, you got to send her to a spa. Come on, (laughs) ladies. Amen. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay. I think all the ladies can say amen to that. So we are going to have a little fun this morning. So in honor of Queen Esther, who got 12 months of beauty treatments, we are going to send one of you to the spa. Not for 12 months, though. Not for 12 months, That wasn't in the church budget. Okay, one day. (laughs) So you should have received a raffle ticket when you came in this morning. So go ahead and pull out that raffle ticket, and we are going to call a number and see who the lucky winner is. All right, here we go. So let's see. This isn't rigged. The results have been audited by an independent company. Here we go. All right, I've got 80184. 80184. Who is it? Reba got it. All right, come on up here. There we go. Good job. Congratulations. All right. So enjoy it. Get a little Manny Petty. Congratulations to you. All right. So today we're going to be talking about how to stay strong when God calls you to lead through a difficult season, right? And I think that we can all agree that this past year has been one of those difficult seasons. So here's the first point. Number one, know that you have to receive in order to have something to give. Amen. Know that you have to receive in order to have something to give. See, Esther went through a season of receiving before she was called upon to give, right? She had 12 months of pampering, right, before she stepped into her role of being a queen. And so we have to do the same. We have to receive in order to give. And sometimes we give and we give and we give till we get burnt out and we have nothing left to offer. And I think our moms can really relate to this, right? Especially, I think the definition for a mom is selflessness, right? We have to put everybody else before ourselves. We're the last ones to go to bed, the first ones to wait, the last ones to eat, right? And we're constantly giving. And this is why self-care is so important, right? It's so important that we're having those times in God's presence that he's filling and replenishing us, right? That we're in worship and we're in prayer. And it's even enjoying some of the things that we just have fun at, right? A hobby, going for a walk, spending time with friends. And you know, this isn't just for the women. Men, this is for you too. You need those times of being in God's presence. You need those times to do the hobbies and the things that you enjoy because nobody can do it for you. And when it comes to our spiritual health, we can get all that we need from God so that we have what we need 
to give to others. And you know, this is something that I've really been learning this past year, um, really doing better with self-care. Because early in our ministry, the first couple years, I did not do a good job with that. I just had baby number three, and I had my three kids, and I had no family around here, and I was working way too many hours as we were starting this church, and I just forgot to take care of myself. And it affected my emotions, it affected my health. And so this past year, working around some other leaders and some other mentors, they've really been helping me to do better at that. I've learned to put boundaries around my schedule and to say no and to really do better at taking a Sabbath. So I really want to encourage you to take care of yourself first so that when our lives are filled with God's presence, we have more to give other people. Amen. I love that point. So know that you have to receive in order to have something to give. So let's continue our story. After all of the preparation, all of the all of the spa treatments and all that Esther received, she eventually has her big moment to go before the king. And here's what happened. Let's look at this. Esther chapter 2, verse 17. It says, Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. So Esther wins the beauty pageant. Like she goes before the king. He's overwhelmed by her beauty, by her charm. He selects her. Will, you know, will you accept this rose? Yes, the whole deal. And she gets to be the new queen. Like this is amazing. She goes from being a nobody to being queen of the whole empire. I mean, remember her background for just a moment. She was an orphan. She was a Jewish girl living in a foreign land. I mean, despite her beauty, Esther was a long shot to become Queen, yet God's favor was upon her. His hand was upon her life. So here's the second point. We're talking about how to stay strong when God calls us to lead through a difficult season like we've been in in this past year. Number two, know that if God calls you, he qualifies you. Come on, church, know that if God calls you, and if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we believe his calling is upon your life. Know that if God calls you, he qualifies you. You see, Esther, she probably felt like the least qualified woman in the whole empire to be queen. I mean, she couldn't even tell the king about her Jewish heritage. She couldn't even tell the, the, the king about her family background. She didn't come from a wealthy family. She didn't come from a noble family. She didn't come from a well-connected family. She was a complete outsider. She felt totally unqualified. And I think most of us, when it comes to this idea of being used by God, I think most of us probably feel unqualified to be used by God. I know some of you might think, well, Pastor Jeremy, if you only knew what kind of family I come from, if you only knew my story, if you only knew my past, if you only knew like my sins and my mistakes and my failures, and and I don't know the Bible well enough to be used by God, and I I don't feel spiritual enough. And we have all of these reasons and all of these excuses that that cause us to feel unqualified. But I wanna just encourage you this morning, church, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Come on, if he calls you, he's gonna give you what you need to get the job done. If he calls you, he's going to give you his grace. He's going to give you his Holy Spirit. He's going to give you his strength to be the mom, to be the daughter, the sister, the friend, the brother, the husband, the person that God has called you to be. He's going to give you what you need. He qualifies the call. There are no perfect people that God uses in the Bible. He takes unqualified people, if you read the scriptures, and he qualifies their lives by giving them what they need. Amen. That's so good. And I just want to take a quick moment here to speak 
speak specifically to the women. You know, moms, you might feel the pressure to be this perfect mom. And so many times we can compare ourselves to things that we see on social media and other moms throwing the perfect party or they're always happy and they're always in a great mood and have so much energy. Or maybe you're a single woman and you feel the pressure to look perfect, to attract the right guy. Or maybe you're a female professional who feels intimidated at times in a male-dominated workplace and it's so easy to feel unqualified. But here's the thing. God is the one who qualifies you, right? And his voice is the only one that matters. And in Christ Jesus, he says, you are enough. You plus the favor of God is more than enough. And I really want this to get ingrained in your heart today because God is going to give you what you need to be who he's called you to be. Amen. I love that idea that you plus the favor of God is enough. Amen. It's the favor of God that goes before you and is on your life. And so let's continue our story. Uh, So after Esther becomes queen, this is where the plot thickens. The plot thickens when one of the king's highest officials, a really evil and prideful man named Haman, enters the story. Now, Haman has a beef with Mordecai, Esther's cousin. Haman, because he's one of the highest up officials in the kingdom, everywhere he goes, people have to bow down to him. And Mordecai's like, I'm not bowing down to you, you punk. And so they don't get along. And Haman decides he's going to kill Mordecai. But when he finds out that Mordecai is a Jew, he hatches a plot to, to kill the Jews throughout the whole Persian Empire. Now, a little background here. Uh, Haman was an Amalekite. And the Amalekites and the Israelites had, been, had had tension and conflict for centuries. So Haman kind of sees this as an opportunity to take out the enemy of his people, the Israelites. So he goes to the king. He, he tells King Xerxes, there's this people group scattered all throughout the empire who aren't like everybody else, who don't obey the king's laws. They're disloyal to the king. And he convinces the king to sign into law that on a certain date, all of the Jews are to be killed and plundered. So basically he says to King Xerxes, look, you got this kind of rebellious group of people who aren't loyal to you. If you just give me the power, let me take care of them. I'll kill them for you. And the king says, okay, sounds like a great plan. Let's pass it into law. And so when Mordecai and the other Jews find out, of course, they freak out. They begin fasting and praying. And the scripture says that they wear sackcloth and they sit in ashes, which is a symbol of mourning and crying out to God. And Mordecai sends word to Esther and basically says, you got to do something. Like, you've got to use your position to go to the king. Like, you need to leverage your position to, to go to the king and to beg for mercy. But there's just one problem. Esther responds by reminding Mordecai that anyone who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned is to be put to death unless the king extends his golden scepter. Like this was literally a law. You could not go into the king's chamber uninvited or was punishable by death even if you were the queen. And the only way your life was spared is if the king extended the golden scepter to have mercy on you and to welcome you. And Esther reminds Mordecai, I haven't been summoned by the king in like 30 days. So I'm taking my life into my own hands. And look at Mordecai's response in Esther chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. It says, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. Listen to these words. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. 
Here's point number three, church. How to stay strong when God calls you to lead through a difficult season. Number three, know that God often uses adversity to reveal your destiny. Come on, somebody came to church to hear that today. Somebody needs to put that in your, in, in your notes because you're in a season of adversity right now. You're, you're in a season of struggle, maybe physical adversity, maybe financial a- adversity. You have to know that God often uses adversity to reveal your destiny. And I think most of us can actually relate to, to Esther because we often find ourselves carrying like pressures and managing a crisis that we didn't create. And it feels overwhelming. Maybe some of you right now, like you're carrying a, a physical illness or maybe there's a strained relationship or stress at work or an unforeseen financial need and you're carrying that burden and it feels overwhelming right now. And what typically happens when we're facing, uh, when we're experiencing adversity is our natural impulse is to pray it away. Come on, how many of you know that's true? God, take this out of my life. God, you got to bail me out. God, you got to get me out of, of this situation. But often God is using adversity to reveal your destiny and you just didn't recognize it. Now, I'm not saying that God sent that adversity into your life, but he's a redemptive God. He's a God who's able to work all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And so God has a way of redeeming these situations, redeeming your adversity to reveal your destiny. And I love how Mordecai speaks to Esther's destiny in the midst of her adversity in verse 14. Look at this. He says, and who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. He says, Esther, don't think that you're in the position you're in just because you're beautiful, just because you're charming. Like God has you where you are for a purpose. God's hand is is upon you. Church, let me just tell you this morning, God isn't caught by surprise that you're living through what you're living through right now. He's not caught by surprise. He's ordained our times and seasons. God is not surprised by the stress you're experiencing at work right now. God God is not caught off guard by the anxiety that some of you are battling right now. God is not caught off guard by that financial need that caught you off guard. Come on, God, COVID didn't catch him off guard. How many of you know God was not surprised by a global pandemic that surprised all of us? It's hard to surprise an omniscient God who is in control of the universe. And I think some of us have this sense like, God, I never thought I'd be in this, this situation. But maybe God is saying to you today by his spirit, I positioned you for such a time as this. You were made for this. Come on, church, the Holy Spirit saying today, you were, you were made for this. Whatever the challenge is, whatever the responsibility is, whatever the task, whatever it is right now in this season, in this time in your life, with the things that are going well and with the challenges, with the good, the bad, the ugly, you were made for such a time as this. And can I just speak a word of encouragement to the moms for just a moment, you know, think about this past year when, when COVID hit and with all of its challenges and, and uh, many of you, your kids were confused and maybe scared about what was going to happen with all of the uncertainty that we all felt over a year ago. And, and remember when their schedules were disrupted and they were kind of disoriented and out of sorts. Remember when they were burnt out on, on Zoom classes and online school and when their emotions were, were out of whack. When they were going through all of that, God gave them just what they needed when he gave them you. Come on, he gave them you, your, your love, your support. Your hugs, your prayers, your, your word of encouragement. And let me just tell you, moms, you're doing better than you think. Come on, you're doing better than you think. We want to encourage you today. God's hand is upon you. He's using you. He's working through you for such a time as this, and you're doing better than you think. 
You are. You are doing a great job. And God has raised you up for such a time as this. And in this crazy season that we've been in, he has positioned you to love and to lead your family. And God gives us the strength to rise to the challenges of our time because that's what he's done all throughout scripture and all throughout history. So here's the big idea. We don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. If you're taking notes, this is a great one to write down. We don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. And this is so clear in the story of Esther. Amen. Yeah. So let me just summarize the rest of the story for the sake of time. So Esther, in this dramatic moment, she goes before the king unannounced. And her life is hanging in the balance. And King Xerxes extends the golden scepter to her. He receives her. He pardons her. And she reveals to him Haman's plot to destroy the Jews as well as her own secret identity. She reveals to him that she herself is a Jew and that Haman's literally trying to destroy my people. And so the king has Haman put to death and gives his office and estate to Esther's cousin Mordecai. Talk about a reversal of fortunes. And then the king allows Esther to write a law stating that the Jews can unite and protect themselves against anyone who might try to harm them. See, the law that he had set into place couldn't be undone, but he literally allows Esther to put her own law into place to protect the Jewish people. And when the day comes that the Jews, the people of God, were supposed to be attacked, they instead rise up and defeat their enemies all throughout the Persian Empire. Come on, talk about a God who's able to work all things together for good. Talk about a God who's working even in the midst of adversity. Talk about a God who's working even in the midst of a difficult season, a difficult situation, working through someone like Esther to bring about redemption for his people. And here's the fascinating thing. To this day, our Jewish neighbors all around us still celebrate this actual event from Scripture with the Festival of Purim. I love that. That's so great. And I just want to encourage you to take some time to read the story of Esther yeah. for yourself. And here's the fascinating thing. Esther is the only book of the Bible where God is not specifically mentioned. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yet when we look at the story and we look at Esther's life, you can see God's fingerprints all over her life and all over this story. And doesn't that feel like that sometimes in life, in our own situations, right? We're going through something difficult and we begin to wonder, where is God? Is he even there? Is he hearing our prayers? Does he see all that we're going through? And we can begin to feel abandoned. And so here's our final point for how to stay strong when God calls you to lead through a difficult season. Number four, know that God is working behind the scenes in your life. Amen. He is working, right? And God was working behind the scenes in the story of Esther. And just as God called her to that difficult season, God has called you. That's right. And you can trust that God is in control and he's working in your life even if you can't see him and even if you can't feel him, he is there. And so this morning, we just want to take an opportunity to pray over our women. So I'm going to ask all of our ladies to stand. And if there's any men that are around you, all if you're ladies. a son or a spouse, Please. we're going to ask if you want to lay hands on them, if you feel comfortable. And we just want to pray over you today and just bless you. And ladies, I just want to remind you that you are enough that you are doing a great job. And I know so many times we focus on our shortcomings or our failures, but I know that God is looking down and his heart is full of so much love for you. And he is so proud. And so today, I just want you to hold on to that. That you are doing better than you think and he has called you for such a time as this. 
And when you don't see him in your life, we can see his fingerprints all over your story. So let's pray. I'm going to ask the men. Men, would you, if you're standing next to your your loved one, your wife, your family member, friend, would you just put a hand on their shoulder? You can stand with them now. And I know some of you ladies are standing by yourself, but we're standing with you today. No ladies alone today. We're standing with you together as a church family to bless you. Come on, Amy, pray for us. Lord, we just thank you for the women here this morning. I thank you for each mom, each sister, each daughter that's here represented, Lord. And I just ask that you would just fill them with your presence that you would fill them with your love, that they would know who they are in you and that their identity would just be founded on that they are a daughter of the King. And I ask, Lord God, that you would help them to know that they are called, that you would raise them up to new things, to go deeper, to go higher than they ever thought that they can imagine because with your strength and with your grace, we know that you are covering us and you are calling us to bigger things than we ever thought that we could do. And so this morning, I just ask that you bless each mom here today, that they would feel your presence, they would feel your spirit, that they would feel your goodness surrounding their life, and they would hold on to the faith that you are with them. And we just pray over them a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As the men of the church today, we bless our ladies, our mothers, our wives, our daughters, our sisters, our friends, our church family. God, we thank God for our ladies today. God, we thank God for the gift that they are in our lives, for their sacrifice, for their dedication, for their love, for who they are. And God, we thank you that you've put them in our lives for such a time as this, in this season, right here, right now. And we see great purpose over their lives. We thank you for the gift that they are. And we rise up today as the men of the church and we bless our ladies today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.